What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. So today, I'm going to tell you about BlackRock. I'm also going to give you some updates on Elnaz Hachatamiri. And, of course, I'm going to update you on the Freedom Convoy in Canada. So, let's start with Canada. I'm sure all of you guys have heard about how Justin Trudeau, Klaus Schwab's little puppet, has started freezing bank accounts of not only the truckers, but people who are donating to that cause. Going straight on authoritarian dictator style. They're even encouraging other Canadians to snitch on each other. So theoretically, these people could just be like pissed off at their neighbor and go file a report saying, I know that they have given money to the Freedom Convoy and their bank accounts can be frozen. It's insane. There's no court orders for this. There's no trials for this. And they're seizing their money. Now, see, I was kind of talking about this last week with the digital ID. You get all your money electronically. If they phase out cash, everything's all done through the banks like that. You are losing control of your assets. I literally watched a video yesterday of a trucker out in Ontario trying to use his debit card and his card was denied. His account had been frozen. It's like, what do they expect these people to do? This is their money and the government is just going to go in and steal it like that? I, I don't understand how this isn't breaking 150 laws. But I guess at this point, Trudeau doesn't really care about laws. He just wants the Freedom Convoy to tuck their tails between their legs and go away. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. I was on a Freedom Convoy 2022's Facebook site, and they actually released an open letter to their premiers and other elected and appointed officials. So I'm going to read that. It's a little long, but it's really important. Everybody understands what the Freedom Convoy is about. Okay, so here we go. They want to end the mandates, end the vaccine passports, and this is why we're here. We began our Freedom Convoy with a clear destination, restoring freedom for our families, our neighbors, and our country. We arrived in Ottawa 20 days ago, taking a stand for our future. We have given hope and power to freedom-loving Canadians and beyond. People from around the world are now standing with us and want their freedoms back. Today, February 17, 2022, we continue to inspire millions of Canadians to resolutely demand the return of our freedoms. We have furthermore become the model, the beacon of hope for citizens across the globe. The government imposed restrictions in the effort against COVID-19 pandemic, which rescinded many of our liberties for our protection, have been worse than useless. For instance, families have become separated, children who require intimacy and play for their educational and social development are suffering the consequences of inhumane isolation. Small businesses, especially the service industry, can no longer survive with the limited capacities. Mental health issues such as drug addiction, alcohol dependency, and suicide have increased several fold. The list of harms is too many to document here, and others will emerge with time. All we can do now is heal the damage that you have done. 
The concept of freedom here is not only an idea. We have materially felt its loss. Otherwise, we would not be here in the streets. Many of us now have nothing to lose. This is our line in the sand. This is where we hold the line. Once we arrived in Ottawa, we experienced a truly Canadian gathering. The Sikh community shared food with everyone. Dance parties were set up. Concerts with sea shanties were held. Children drew thank you cards for truckers and handed roses to police officers in between playing street hockey, drinking hot chocolate, and jumping in bouncy castles. We have heard Canadians far and wide. Here we communicate what has been conveyed to us. The message is clear. In the mandates, in the vaccine passports, this is why we are here. We are calling on all governments in Canada to restore the rights and freedoms of Canadians and set concrete limits so governments can't easily abuse our rights. Infringe on our freedoms again? The message is as follows. We call upon our government to restore the rights and freedoms of all Canadians. We need to end all vaccine mandates in federal, provincial, and municipal vaccine passports. End masking requirements. End all state of emergency declarations pertaining to our peaceful protests. Provide financial protection for the small businesses harmed by COVID restrictions. Respect the freedom of choice without discrimination. Furthermore, Canadians want assurance that our government will not repeat the same mistake again. We propose the following steps to be taken to ensure this. Number one, Supreme Court of Canada review the government actions. We need to know whether our rights under the Charter mean anything. We call upon the federal government to initiate a constitutional reference question to the Supreme Court of Canada about the constitutional validity of COVID laws and restrictions. Public inquiry of government's response to COVID. As a matter of national importance, Canadians call upon the federal government to appoint a fully independent and impartial public inquiry on the government's handling of COVID responses. We need to know what went wrong. What caused governments to so easily trample our rights and freedoms and cause so much harm to our people and our nation? For the inquiry to be effective, the following conditions must be considered. The inquiry members are to be selected by an all-party parliamentary process. It must contain a thorough examination of the science, internal communications, policy responses, and the consequences. It must be commenced by March 20th, 2022. And finally, it must be made public in the interest of transparency. The Freedom Convoy has achieved so much already. In fact, we have revived the Canadian identity and our culture, which openly accepts every person with love. We all have a choice. Please join with us and Canadians who seek freedom. This can be a part of your legacy. We are uniting Canadians across the country and will accept your support, even if you've previously been reluctant. This is not about the past. This is about the future. You too can be on the right side of history, in mandates, in the vaccine passports. Yours sincerely, Freedom Convoy 2022.
So like I said, that is the letter the Freedom Convoy 2022 released today on their Facebook page. Now, I know it was a long letter. It was a lot of information, but I felt like it is so important to get every single word they were saying out to as many people as possible because they're absolutely right. They have literally inspired the world to stand up and fight for their freedom because as it was going, we were just kind of like asleep as a people as the megalomaniacs were fucking just grabbing up our rights and taking them from us. So now there's kind of just been this sleeping giant that's been awoken from all of these megalomaniacs meddling in our lives. They went too far and they went too fast. <laughs> I think they've had this plan for years, but they executed it poorly. I mean, the Freedom Convoy has literally showed the world that they don't have to take these abuses, that they can stand up to these tyrants and take back their rights. Now, I'm sure you guys have heard, but the Give, Send, Go website was hacked. And basically, all the people that donated were doxxed. And as of right now, their information is still on Twitter. I don't understand why Twitter thinks that this hacked information is okay to be out, but we couldn't have Hunter Biden's laptop information there. So it's like there's a clear bias, you guys. There is a concerted effort from big tech, the state, and private corporations like, you know, Pfizer. But we got to go deeper than Pfizer. We got to go to the shareholders. And that's what's leading me to tell you guys about BlackRock and Vanguard, two of the three world's largest asset investment firms. They control billions of dollars, you guys. And... They got their money sunk into COVID-19 because they have shares in Pfizer. They have shares in the tech that's going into these vaccine passes. And they happen to have stakes in all the companies that we can find that are still enforcing the mandates. So get ready for this. This is going to go deep. And I got a lot of my information today from the Children's Health Defense. So it is a lot of information, but it's super important because it's going to show you how all of these mandates, these attacks on our freedoms, they're all coming back to just a couple of companies. But there are a couple of companies that have stakes in a lot of corporations. And you know what? After I've seen this list today, I will not shop or buy or support these companies in any way. At the end of this, I'm going to list some of these companies, one of the more popular and known companies that are kind of owned stock-wise by BlackRock and Vanguard. It's going to blow your mind. So sit back and get ready for this. So last month, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Biden's COVID vaccine mandates were unconstitutional, except for medical personnel, i.e. fucking me. But some companies have decided to go against the Supreme Court's ruling and follow the mandates. So if you follow the money, you will follow it right back to Vanguard and BlackRock. Those are two of the world's biggest three asset managers. And they're among the top three shareholders for these COVID-making psychopaths. Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. So 
if, you know, they also own these smaller companies that are still enforcing the mandates, they stand to gain a lot of money. And it goes deep. So check this out, you guys. So before I tell you about all these companies, just get an idea of how much money they manage. BlackRock is worth $9.5 trillion. That's as of July of 2021. And Vanguard held more than $7 trillion in assets as of January 2021. Now, if you try to go back and trace the owners of BlackRock and Vanguard, it gets very dark, very shady, and basically nearly impossible to narrow it down to who is actually pulling the strings behind BlackRock and Vanguard. People have tried. I've seen different posts about it in the conspiracy world. And no one's ever given a definite list of the actual owners of those two companies. So BlackRock and Vanguard own huge shares in companies that basically compete with each other. Google and Apple, Microsoft, Coca-Cola, and Pepsi. So it's like they're winning no matter where you throw your money. Under the media aspect, BlackRock alone owns shares in competitors like Fox, CBS, NBC, CNN, ABC, USA Today, and 250 daily newspapers throughout the U.S. Now, doesn't that seem a little strange? Well, not really, because you can see Pfizer has supported all of those companies. They always say, brought to you by Pfizer at the end of their ridiculous little propaganda broadcasts. There's also been a lot of talk lately of BlackRock and Vanguard purchasing up real estate. And when they do that, you know, they're just buying little single family homes and neighborhoods. But what they do then is turn around and rent them out. And that is driving the housing market up. That means property prices are going up because BlackRock is in there. They can usually bid out any person that's trying to buy a house. So why are they buying up the real estate? What is going on with that? They're also getting no bid contracts from the U.S. Treasury Department. They actually got 454 billion fund under the Coronavirus Aid, Relief and Economic Security Act, the CARES Act. So it's like, how do they keep getting these huge contracts with the U.S. government? Who is pulling the strings there? You know, and if I ever get to the bottom of who owns BlackRock and Vanguard, I will definitely let you guys know. So at this point in the pandemic, it's unclear how much influence they have on these companies when it comes to dictating their COVID Nazi ass policies. But in these companies I'm about to list, they are in the top 10 stockholders of these companies. It goes from A to Z, you guys, this whole list. But I'm just going to tell you the ones that are big and people use like all of the time. We've got Albertsons, the grocery store chain, and it's required its office employees to get vaccinated. And it's even offering its staff a $100 incentive to get the vaccine. BlackRock is the third largest stockholder in Albertsons. They've got their grubby little fingers in American Express because they've imposed a vaccine requirement for their employees in the U.S. Vanguard is the top stockholder for American Express, while BlackRock is the third largest. AstraZeneca, who has mandated their employees and visiting clients to be vaccinated. And of course, the top shareholder is Vanguard. And we've got AT&T, 
Now, this is in two separate policies. They required company managers by October 11th, 2021, and unionized employees by February 1st to be vaccinated. Vanguard and BlackRock are its two top stockholders. Capital One and Carhartt. I'm sure you guys have heard about Carhartt. It's a clothing and apparel company. They issued a vaccine mandate for its employees. And one of the few exceptions on this list, it's privately owned. Hmm. Chevron issued a vaccination requirement for employees who travel internationally and expatriate employees offshore workforce in the Gulf of Mexico. Vanguard is the biggest stockholder, while BlackRock is third largest. We have Columbia Sportswear, and it required employees in the corporate headquarters to get vaccinated as of February 1st. CVS Health has a no-job, no-job policy requiring corporate staff and employees who interact with patients to have been fully vaccinated by October 31st, 2021. Vanguard and BlackRock are its top two stockholders. Delta Airlines. Now, check out this sneaky little shit. They indirectly imposed a vaccine mandates for its employees, charging those who are not vaccinated a 200 monthly health insurance surcharge. I can't even fucking believe that's illegal. The CEO, Ed Bastian, previously said the company is not, quote unquote, opposed to mandates and claimed 90 percent of Delta's employees were vaccinated. And that was as of October 2021. Vanguard and BlackRock are the top two stockholders. Facebook, hmm, now known as Meta, requires employees coming to work at any of its U.S. locations to be vaccinated. Vanguard is its top stockholder, while BlackRock is the third. We got the Ford Motor Company. We got the Gap, Goldman Sachs, Google, also known as Alphabet Inc. And check this out. A policy they described as, quote unquote, compassionate, gave most of its unvaccinated employees in the U.S. a January 18th deadline to get vaccinated or be placed on paid administrative leave for 30 days. After those 30 days, those who are still not vaccinated are placed on unpaid leave for up to six months, after which they'll be dismissed. Fucking insane. We have Hershey, IBM, Intel, Johnson & Johnson, Lyft, McDonald's, MGM Resorts, Microsoft, Moderna. Now, all of these companies, they are implementing vaccine mandates that the Supreme Court said were totally unconstitutional. Netflix implemented a vaccine requirement for its U.S. offices filming locations. Vanguard is the largest stockholder, while BlackRock is the sixth. New York Times Company requires proof of vaccination for its employees who voluntarily wish to return to the office. Nike, Pfizer, the list goes on and on, you guys. We have the TJX, which basically owns like Marshalls, Home Goods, TJ Maxx. Vanguard is the largest stockholder. Well, BlackRock is the third. T-Mobile, Twitter, Uber, United Airlines, you guys, UPS, Valero, Walgreens, Walmart, Walt Disney Company, the Washington Post. So do you kind of see what I'm talking about? If these two asset companies own the major stocks in those companies I just listed, and then those companies impose the vaccine, BlackRock and Vanguard are just going to benefit. And that's not even the only way. They have money and vaccine passport technology. So as it is, Vanguard and BlackRock are going to just keep growing. 
But at this point, it's kind of uh, not clear what their influence is over these companies. But it has to make you wonder that they own so much of those companies and those companies are the ones putting mandates on their employees. It's really fucking fishy. And you know they've got to have their grubby little fingers all over politics. It wouldn't surprise me if they can pull strings and get laws passed or abolished just by making a phone call. Because America has basically become the United Corporations of America. So look into Vanguard and BlackRock and just see what you can find. I know a guy named Larry Fink is the head of BlackRock and he's a shady motherfucker all on his own. So if you guys find any information, send it over to me. I'm always interested to get into these rabbit holes and try to figure out where the money leads. And if you actually want to see the full list of these companies that are basically being puppets for Vanguard and BlackRock, go to the childrenshealthdefense.org and check out the article by Michael Nevridakis. So now, guys, we're going to move on to reasons why you should avoid going to the hospital, if you can, obviously, if you think you have COVID. Now, hospital systems across America are following the CDC's protocols for COVID treatment. Now, the reason why they're doing this is because they're getting payouts. In Nebraska, for each COVID patient, they get $379,000. West Virginia, they get $471,000. North Dakota, $339,000. So you see where this is going. Now, if they accept these payments, they have to agree to follow their protocol. And it seems to be this protocol of the NIH and CDC, because if you go to the CDC website, they just refer you back to the NIH website. Now, the protocol in three out of four cases calls for the patient to get remdesivir, which we know now is super toxic to the liver and kidneys. You're going to cause those two organs to shut down and then fluid is going to back up in the lungs, which is then going to cause pneumonia. They keep intubating these patients, which is basically setting off a free radical bomb in these people. And a lot of the people are dying when it gets to that point. You want to try to avoid going to the hospital if you possibly can. Now, obviously, some people are going to get hella sick and they have to go. So you can ask them to not follow the NIH slash CDC protocol and contact the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. Their website is aapsonline.org. Now, this I think I've told you guys about maybe like back in December, but they have a home treatment guide for COVID and is edited by Dr. Peter McCullough, among many other extremely qualified doctors. Now, I have this guide. It's in PDF format. If you would like it, send me an email at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. It's a PDF, so I have to send it that way. I can't send it through like Instagram or Facebook. And speaking of Facebook, guys, don't contact me on Facebook. I can't. Okay, I can log in, but I can't respond to comments. I can't post there. So it's really hard for me to communicate there. But anyway, back to the COVID problem. 
So if you have COVID, if you think you have the early symptoms of COVID, I highly recommend getting the at-home COVID treatment guide because the information in there could literally save your life. And I've been told about different pharmacies online that will actually prescribe and send you ivermectin. So if you want that information, contact me. I don't want to put them on blast here. But there's just a lot of things you should do if you actually feel like you're getting sick and, you know, it feels like it's serious. You want to try to avoid getting hospitalized at all costs. I mean, look, look at this state of America. It's like people are dreading and fearing going to the hospital because doctors are killing a lot of these patients that could have been saved if they had early ivermectin, doxycycline, the whole little shabob. But they want to get money. They want to follow these protocols because they're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. So don't let them make money off you. Do what's right for you as well. But just know that this is a money scheme. I mean, it always comes back to that. They want to make money. So now we're going to get to a rando change of subject. A couple of weeks ago, I told you about a woman named Elnaz Hajitamiri who was kidnapped from a safe house by three men dressed as police who knocked on the door and said they had a warrant for her arrest. Now, I told the whole story a couple episodes ago. Go back to that and check out if you want all the details. But basically, this woman was an Iranian immigrant and had been living in Canada when in December, suddenly she was attacked in her apartment garage by two men with a frying pan. They really fucked her up, you guys. So at that point, the police suggested to her to move to a safe house. So she did. She left. She went and stayed with families in a completely different city. And somehow they found her. So after she was kidnapped, the police found somebody had placed tracking devices on her car. Like, no shit, who is after this woman? That's what I was wondering this whole time. But check this out. Police have arrested a man as a part of an investigation into a woman's abduction in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. Montreal resident Mohamed Lilo, 34, was taken into custody on January 21st and charged with criminal harassment. And that is according to Ontario Provincial Police, OPP. He was released on bail January 25th, and he's set to appear virtually in Collingwood, Ontario. Now, the police aren't giving details on this arrest. They're not saying that, you know, he kidnapped her or he's the one that planted the tracking devices, which actually I'm kind of starting to think that now. But it really makes me wonder, is this ex-boyfriend some psycho who's like can't let her go and has now paid someone to kidnap her? Did he pay those two guys to assault her? The police are going as far as to arrest this guy for criminal harassment. It really makes you wonder what was going on there. And like I said, this was her ex-boyfriend. So I got a picture of him. I'm going to go ahead and I'll post that up to the Instagram account and check this out. The police actually released two pictures and it's of the two guys that assaulted Elnaz in her parking garage. One, you can like really see the guy. And then the other one, it's somebody sitting in a stolen car. So it's a little bit harder to see. I will also post those pictures up because Elnaz has been gone over a month now. No one knows where she is. No one knows if she's safe, if she's harmed. And her family are basically in a living nightmare right now. 
And all they can do is hope. They want somebody to come forward. Maybe they have that little bit of information, that one little tip that's going to lead to figuring out where is Elnaz. So if you know anything about this case, the OPP investigators have established a dedicated tip line for the case, and you can call 1-833-728-3415. Like I said, any amount of information may lead to us finding Elnaz and getting her home to her family. So guys, that is about it for this week. If you want any of the documents I talk about or links or you have an idea for a good episode, you can contact me at vanishinthevalley at gmail.com or you can go over to Reddit and search for user Athena7979. I also have my own sub there and it's called Vanished in the Valley. You can go to Instagram because I have a new account that's not banned right now. I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how long that's gonna last, but my username is at vanished Athena. Come over, say what's up, and if you want some information, I will be happy to send it to you. But I have to say, what's up, Texas? You guys are still in the lead. It's like California, you've been slacking. Texas is lapping you at this point. So thank you. That's what's up, guys. I appreciate it so much. I got the Dilema Bob sent out to people, and now I can tell you guys, it is a Vanished in the Valley bottle opener that can go on your keychain. So I think like the first one arrived yesterday to Toon Daisy, and I got a picture of her with the bottle opener up. I put that on Instagram so you can go check it out. But the other one should be arriving today and tomorrow, and hopefully I can get pictures of those peeps with the bottle opener. So you guys, as I always tell you, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.